Hello everyone, welcome to Tiff Totally, Tiffany Leonard here. Um, so today we are going to continue the top 50 albums of 2020. Um, we're going to start at number 24 and go down to number 1. And then coming at you later on, I will be dropping a second holiday mix playlist, which will be available on Spotify, so stay tuned for that as well. So, um, just getting started then, um, with the, uh, we stopped at number 25 and that was Halsey. So starting on now today with 24, we have Selena Gomez with her album Rare, which is an album I really enjoyed this year. It's been five years since Selena Gomez dropped Revival, one of the past decade's sharpest breakup albums. On Rare, she goes even harder with a more acerbic adult perspective, raging about all the hours of her youth she wasted babysitting for emotional parasites. Surely fictional, of course. Even in playful kiss-offs like cut, cut You Off or Rare, it's cathartic to hear Gomez dump out the bad years like they're just burned toast. Rare was just one of her 2020 highlights. She became a Julia Child for our time with her quarantine cooking show, Selena Plus Chef. Um, I truly love Selena. Um, she's very um, down-to-earth and real, and um, she's endured a lot. Um, but through it all, she's one of those that remains confident and true to herself. Um, and so I just really love that about her, um, how she's such a, like, true, honest, and real young woman. Um, number 23, I just recently listened to this one, and it's pretty good. Miley Cyrus, Plastic Hearts. Cyrus has gone through more career changes before she turns 30 than most artists do in a lifetime. Her latest new moment is her finest, a splashy swerve into glammy throwback rock that's more fun than anything she's ever done. As her many much-beloved covers have long attested, the singer's powerhouse chops can fit pretty much any style, from serpentine industrial disco grind to rhinestone cowgirl 70s balladry to Stevie Nicks nicking synth grander. But this is more than just a fun night of karaoke. Cyrus breathes her own story into these songs, making for a more personal album than any of her previous reinventions. Um, and, you know, I gotta say, she does, like, I think she has um, a song on there with Joan Jett and the Black Hearts, and she has a duet on there with Billy Idol. Um, so she, re it's really, it really gives you that 80s hairband kind of feel. Um, number 22, super excited about this one because this girl is one of my absolute favorites. Ariana Grande with Positions. Remember when Ariana Grande appeared in her God as a Woman video as a benevolent deity sexual of, sexually fingering the earth? Positions is the album this goddess made when she looked down and saw the planet was an even more pitiful shape. It's Grande's R&B concept album that having rampants on the clock sex to the point where it makes her other records sound tame by comparison, she knew the world needed it. 
She throws down with Doja Cat the weekend and Ty Dolla Sign, but she hits her peak in 34 plus 35 where she lays it right on the line. If I put it quite plainly, just give me them babies. I absolutely love Ariana Grande. Um, I, I just absolutely love her. Um, number 21, Beach Bunny Honeymoon. Emo Garage Rock becomes thrillingly new on this Chicago band's debut, driven by the bracingly real songwriting of singer-guitarist Lily Trifilio. Pop-punk torpedoes like Promises and Colorblind power through self-doubt in a way that makes post-teen romantic angst seem at once archetypal yet wally original beach bunny are college-age kids who have been playing together for years so there's a surprisingly amount of songwriting chops and musical precision here and when trifilio gets what she deserves on cloud nine singing i don't want to seem the way i do but i'm confident when i'm with you you can't help but want to jump up and high five her um, and number 20, um, this girl is very popular um, amongst the country music world. And to be honest, I have never taken the time to listen to any of her songs yet. So um, long overdue that I probably try. And she is Ashley McBride, uh, Never Will. Never Will was this year's most adventurous mainstream country album, drawing on everything from old-timey mountain music on Velvet Red and storming country rock on Martha Divine to the Fleetwood Mac indebted glimmer of the title track. On Voodoo Doll and One Night Standards, McBride firmly establishes herself as a razor-sharp chronicler of forbidden pleasure and hard-boiled lust. You'd think of a girl on fire, she sings, would stay away from gasoline. Never Will is an extraordinary document that chronicles with empathy, grace, and humor what happens when men and women pour gasoline onto their own bad decisions. Um, she really does seem like such a powerhouse, and everybody um, really loves her a lot, so I'm definitely going to check her out. Um, here's another duo that's um, extremely pop popular, and you may recognize them um, from the show Grownish on Freeform, which is the spinoff of Blackish. Uh, Chloe and Hallie on Godly Hour. This flawless R&B gem comes from the sister duo of Chloe and Hallie Bailey, born in Atlanta in the summer of 1998 and the spring of 2000. Ungodly Hour is way past the teen vibe of their debut. The kids are all right. The sisters show off as sophisticated writers, producers, and most of all, singers. Chloe and Hallie seem to worship Southern 90s R&B, yet you can hear jazz, techno, indie rock, even doo-wop in their game. They team up with the UK house duo Disclosure for the gorgeously kaleidoscopic title ballad, while testifying to their 20-something grit with the world-beating confidence of Do It and Baby Girl. Um, coming in at number 18, this is something that's new to me. Um, Moses Sumney Gray. Released in two parts throughout the first half of 2020, this double LP opus from North Carolina singer-songwriter Moses Sumney was a bold exploration of the murky middle spaces, between rootsy, plain-spokenness and 
deconstructed futurism, pop melody and experimentation, minimalism and maximalism. Along the way, Somni littered his second album with dark humor and his sharpest singles to date, from the folksy Polly to the Naked Torch song, Me in 20 Years, to his BDSM-tinged homage to Aretha Franklin, Cut Me. Gray is the type of conceptual work as untailored to streaming era attention spans as it is endlessly rewarding for those willing to spend the time reveling in its multitudes. Um, very interesting album cover on that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to number 17, a band that I love and haven't listened to for quite some time. Um, Fleet Foxes, Shore. Robin Pecknold spent a long time struggling to make Fleet, Fleet Foxes latest before convening a few indie rock buddies to create a pandemic-steeped meditation on the search for community, meaning, and beauty amid turmoil and change. It may be the prettiest version yet of his finely wrought soft rock pastoralism from the sky-kissing sweep of Young Man's Game to the sublime acoustic tune I'm Not My Season. The most moving moments pay tribute to departed musical heroes from David Berman of the Silver Jews to Nick Drake and Otis Redding. And time and again, Shore believably connects Pecknold's own musical vision with the eternal. Okay, coming in at number 16, they are so widely popular. I'm not a fan and... Gosh, I'm going to get so much hate for saying that, but it seems the entire world is in love with BTS and their CD, Map of the Soul 7, has hit number 16. Seven years on top of the world and yet BTS still make it all sound like they've only just begun to shine. The South Korean pop kings didn't water down their style or language to conquer America. They just won the audience on their own terms. On Map of the Soul 7, their most complex and personal album yet, they keep pursuing their loftiest creative ambitions. Map lives up to its title with heartfelt individual confessions like Suga's rap star space fantasy interlude Shadow, but the high point is Moon, Jin's wonderstruck love song to the audience where he pledges his devotion over jangling guitars. Coming in at number 15, we have Flo Millie Ho, Where, Why Is You Here? Flo Millie's first full-length mixtape is about Ramones, Ramonesian and its brash efficiency. 12 songs, 30 minutes, zero filler or guest spots. Millie is a 20-year-old from Alabama who, whose rise was aided by TikTok, but here she shows she's mastered the needing taunts of classic East Coast rap. Her targets, dudes who won't stop texting her, haters of all and other unfortunate souls, are dismissed with casual glee. Acting like we got beef, I didn't know that you exist, is the hip-hop version of Don Draper's I Don't Think About You at All. Along the way, she proves a dex- dexterous rhymer, compares herself to an Obama daughter, and makes good use of an SWV song from well before she was born. It all adds up to one of the most fun albums in a year sorely lacking in good times. Um, number 14, I love these women so much. 
Um, Haim, Women in Music, Part 3. Vivid pop satisfaction and Razor's sharp songwriting are packed into every square inch of Women in Music, Part 3, the pointedly titled third album from L.A.'s Haim Sisters. Here you'll find Haim's trademark sonic throwbacks to Fleetwood Mac and 90s R&B, but weirder and more daring than they've ever been before, thanks to Rostam's innovative production and Haim's ability to seemingly master any musical instrument or pop rock style. What really takes center stage is a newfound emotional and artistic maturity with songs that tackle the complexities of depression, I Know Alone, Codependency, F-U-B-T, and Sisterly Friendship on Hallelujah. Um, number 13, City Girls, City on Lock. Enough is Enough, Bitch, City Girls with the Fuck Shit. Young Miami of City Girls informs us on the duo's audacious second LP. Over forehead rattling South Florida beats, she and her pal JT crush their enemies and fend off unworthy men, delivering every snap with authoritative glee, whether they're celebrating their success on winning or partying with Doja Cat on Pussy Talk. Along with the body-slamming sense of command, there's struggle here too. I really used to sleep on pallets, now I'm sitting in the condo like it's palace, JT raps, and that sense of sisterly resilience makes the record hit even harder. Um, Coming in at number 12, I think one a lot of people are very excited about. I have not checked it out yet, but I, I plan to. Bruce Springsteen, Letter to You. Young Bruce's of old mingle freely with the modern-day icon on the introspective Letter to You, a particularly revealing record for Springsteen that finds him hopscotching around key eras of his career. He fronts the ghost of his teenage rock group, the Castiles, and the elegiac Last Man Standing leads a long-gone version of the East Street Band on the lost 70s track, Janie Needs a Shooter, and confronts the autumn of his years. He's 71 now on the throttling ghost, but this isn't Springsteen powering down. It's a letter of intent to keep on rocking as long as the spirit in the night is able. Coming in at number 11, um, Lady Gaga, Chromatica. We all love Gaga, right? A callback of sorts to Lady Gaga's Just Dance origins, Chromatica nimbly and reverently touched on sleek house and electro-pop grooves, packing the songs full of delectable hooks and stupid love, Enema and Rain on Me, and the latter of a winning duet with Ariana Grande. The angular 911 served into chilly Italio disco territory while K-pop stars Blackpink wrote a deep house riff on Sour Candy. Running through the album was a threat of struggle, resilience, and healing, culminating in the euphoric trance-influenced numbers signed from above featuring Elton John and 1,000 Doves. It was a message many of us needed to hear on repeat throughout 2020. Okay, getting into the top 10. Um, And at number 10, we have Phoebe Bridgers with Punisher. After Phoebe Bridgers released 2018's Boy Genius with Lucy Dacus and Julianne Baker and 2019's Better Oblivion Community Center with Connor Oberst, the anticipation was high for the indie singer-songwriter's second full-length album, 
She delivered more and then some. Every track sparks an emotional charge as her sharp songwriting spins tales of nautical-themed birthday parties on Moonsong, shedding crocodile tears in a car on Savior Complex, and feeling, well, nothing in Chinese Satellite. Only Bridgers would place a stunning folk song like Graceland 2 next, next to the epic Wizard of Oz tornado that is I Know the End, but that kind of mad genius energy is her hallmark. Number nine, we have Jesse Ware, What's Your Pleasure? This fantastic dance pop record came out when none of us could make it to the club, but no matter, that's what bedrooms are for. On her fourth album, the London singer cranked up the Studio 54 glamour while making sure everyone would be permitted beyond the velvet rope. The first three tracks alone act like a sweet best heard late at night, one disco ball stunner after another, the love-struck spotlight, the synth-heavy title track, and the highly enjoyable Ooh La La, which kicks off with a car honking. If there's anything we want in 2021, it's for where to release this gem on gold vinyl. Number 8, Lil Uzi Vert, Eternal A Take. The Philadelphia rapper's hugely anticipated second LP is shattering one moment and slippery the next, a place where a jarringly saccharine sample of the Backstreet Boys' 1999 hit I Want It That Way coexists with a jittery track built around the music from Microsoft Windows video game Space Cadet 3D Pinball. Few artists can match Lil Uzi Vert's steamrolling force. Homecoming channels the skeletal pugnacity of late 80s hip-hop and low main has all the frills of a battering ram. Impressively, the rapper brings the same brick-through-the-window energy to ballads like I'm Sorry, a contrite track that apologizes for everything I ever said. Okay. Coming in at number seven, we have Waxahachie, St. Cloud. On St. Cloud, singer-songwriter Katie Crutchfield delved into her Alabama roots to create a stripped-back Americana sound, drawing on influences like Lucinda Williams and Emmylou Harris. Just look at the album cover of Crutchfield perched on a pickup truck with red roses in its bed, and you'll get the idea. Newly sober, Crutchfield's songwriting is pure and hits you like a gut punch, whether she's likening love to honey on a spoon and can't do much, or reflecting on picked flowers in a Topo Chico bottle in lilacs. Released the month the pandemic was declared a national emergency, it's the kind of country comfort we didn't know we'd need so badly. And number six, Run the Jewels, RTJ4. Run the Jewels have long been public enemies' heirs apparent, making deaf jams out of left-leaning politics, zany tangents, and iconoclastic hip-hop production. But the connection has never been more evident than on RTJ4, released at the height of the protest that followed the police killing of George Floyd. In between sharp rhymes about disadvantaged black youth and racist cops and walking in the snow, and silly guys like Trump on Twitter and Goonies vs. E.T., Killer Mike and L.P. crafted a soundtrack for a revolution. On nearly every track, the duo speak perfectly to the most turbulent year in living memory, 
reassuring listeners along the way that if they can make it, you can too. Okay, hitting the top five. This is like the nitty gritty best of all. So let's see if we would agree. I'm pretty um, good with number five. I loved this album. Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Lipa's second album would have been a magnificent disco trip, even in the best of all possible years, but Future Nostalgia was crucial for a year when these beats were as close to the club as fans could get. It's a rush of up-tempo dance glitz with Lipa twirling the night away in the stilettos of queens like Madonna in Hallucinate or Gloria Gaynor in Don't Start Now or Olivia Newton-John in Physical. Baby, keep on dancing like you ain't got a choice, she commands in Physical. And as long as future nostalgia keeps playing, you can't even imagine slowing down. Uh, Number four. I think I'm surprised this isn't number one or two, to tell you the truth. Um, Bob Dylan, Rough and Rowdy Ways. When Dylan returned from the Shadow Realms this year, nearly a decade had gone by since his last album of original songs, which was 2012's Cantankerous Tempest. During that time, he'd crooned some sweet pop nothings, won a Nobel Prize, and sharpened his blade. Rough and Rowdy Ways is a lyrical tour de force, teeming with outrageous jokes on my own version of you, playful boasts on I Contain Multitudes, and irreverent tributes to the greats who came before him in Goodbye Jimmy Reed. He's haunted by the ghosts of the 20th century and hopped up on the absurdity of surviving into the 21st. Underneath it all, there's a sense of melancholy that peaks on the sublime end of the road ballad Key West. Stunners in themselves, these songs add up to Dylan's funniest, most surprising, and most multi-dimensional album since Love and Theft. Number three. Um, I'll be honest, I am not a fan of Bad Bunny, but many people are. And YHLQMDLG is at number three. Yo hago lo que me de la gana is both more varied and more focused than Bad Bunny's excellent 2018 debut album X100 Pre with reckless stylistic shifts, the many songs in one safera, the hard rock swerve on Hablamos Mañana next to some of his sharpest, most insistent hits. La Santa merges a handsome, elegiac melody, Bad Bunny shout at the heavens vocals, and a stern, clipped reggaeton beat to a great effect. While the star coaxes the seldom-heard reggaeton veteran Yavia into delivering a spine-stiffening verse on Bikial, Bad Bunny released two more albums in 2020, but neither outdid YHLQMDLG's relentless firepower. Number two, Fiona Apple, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Fiona Apple has always thrived on defying expectations from telling pop stance that the world was bullshit to taking years and years to perfect her alt-rock operettas. But no one could have expected the audacity of Fetch the Bolt Cutters or the way Apple expresses her independent spirit over an orchestra of drums, percussion, barks, and meows. She leaps ahead of the VIPs, PYTs, and wannabes on the title track 
I've always been too smart for that. Seeks friendship with a woman dating her ex and ladies and reflects on how one person telling her she had potential was the spark she needed as a kid in Shamika. When she sings, kick me under the table all you want, I won't shut up on under the table. She means it because this is potential fulfilled. And the drum roll for... We are about to hit number one, and I am not surprised. I am so excited. I am absolutely just loving that my girl, and it is her birthday today, so happy 31st birthday, Taylor Swift. The number one album of 2020 is Folklore. It's not a stretch to say that Taylor Swift's folklore may go down in history as the definitive quarantine album, and not just because of the record's homespun, folksy presentation. Without the pressure of having to write radio hits or build up her usual prolonged album release schedule full of music videos, Easter eggs, and Good Morning America performances, Swift shed the uber-pop trappings of her previous album, Lover, for a project that put her once-in-a-generation songwriting talent front and center. Regardless of what you think of the album's indie cred, with contributions from the Nationals' Aaron Dessner and Bon Iver's Justin Vernon, Folklore's 16 Tales of Lost Love, Coming of Age, and Redemption provided us with solace and catharsis just when we needed it most. Songs like August and Mirrorball will persevere long after this pandemic is over, and so evidently will Taylor Swift. And so there you have it, the top 50 albums of 2020. I must say, um, I'm surprised at where some of them have went on the list, but... um. I'm so excited and happy that Taylor Swift got number one. Um, she's just, I, I literally, I love her and I love Ariana Grande. Um, and they deserved it um, so much. Um, so definitely excited about the number one album of the year. And, you know, to be honest, I'm really not surprised because Taylor Swift last year, um, was awarded um, Artist of the Decade, and, you know, she's been Entertainer of the Year, uh, you know, Female Vocalist of the Year, uh, you know, just many, she's won so many awards, and I just feel like she truly deserves that title, and it doesn't surprise me that she has reigned queen amongst um, many. So, um, and I, everybody is just, no matter how much Taylor style changes, um, and no matter what, I feel like her fans are just going to be like forever Swifties and they're going to fall in love with anything and everything Taylor does. And which by the way, the other day she did release another surprise album, her ninth, which is the sister album to Folklore, and it is called Evermore. And I really loved it and enjoyed it. Um, the single Willow is the first single off the album, and it is really great. So if you have the opportunity, check that out as well. 
um you know just yeah taylor is just absolutely amazing so congrats to her for having the number one album of the year um so with that being said um i will be back next weekend just to do a little bit of a wrap-up show just kind of describe how my year was maybe you can share a story about how your year was was 2020 really the worst year for you or was there was 2020 the best year for you what are some of the positives of 2020 because you know no matter what there's a positive in every single day you know what are some things that maybe we could work on going into 2021 what are some of the biggest news stories um, so just anything important on your mind, um, anything personal, um, you know, I feel even though there was a lot of negative for 2020 and, you know, at any year, every day, there is going to be like something bad happens, but even still, there's going to be good that uh, you also can look at. And I definitely know that I have a lot that I could be thankful for this year and many blessings amongst everything else that was chaotic this year. So there's good and bad and for I'm grateful for all of it and we all should be and so um, I want to just kind of touch base with that all next week before we close out the year going into 2021. Um, we will be back for season three beginning in 2021 and also beginning in January of 2021 I will be releasing new cover art um so get excited and ready for that because I think you all are going to love it um so thank you for joining me today for the best um of albums of 2020 part two I will see you guys next weekend. Stay tuned for another holiday mix of songs that you can listen to on Spotify. And I will see you guys all next week. Stay safe. Bye.